Shane's Brilliant Podcast. Hello and welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast with me, your host, Shane Clifford. It is Friday the 14th of August. One away, one. We're lucky we didn't get the unlucky number Friday the 13th, so that must mean it's our lucky day. And it is our lucky day because we're getting a bonus cast, a late night bonus cast from Shane Clifford, Shane's brilliant podcast. Can you believe it? Two fucking podcasts in a week. Are you are you mad? People are saying. People are talking all over Dublin, all over Ireland. People are saying this guy is mad. He is the hardest working man in show business. That's what they, that's what they call me now. The hardest working man in show business. I am the hardest working man in show business, especially since about two thousand and seven, when uh, the Godfather, the, the previous hardest working man in show business, James Brown was murdered and listen if you're into music and true crime then have a look into the whole was james brown murdered saga okay it's far too complex to go in now go into now right here in the intro of a stupid bonus podcast but look it up for yourself what am i here supposed to tell you tell you every fucking thing huh you can't fucking Go out yourself and try and figure out things for yourself. I have to come on here on a Friday evening and take my time out of my fucking weekend and tell you uh, about the ins and outs of the death of James Brown. Is that what you expect? Um, Listen, it's a bonus cast. It's a fun cast. It's going to be a short one, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Who knows how long it's going to be. Um, I'm having fun. It's... (laughs) It's the... (laughs) I'm having so much fun right now. I am back in Dublin. I was in Chirley, uh this weekend and our last week. I went cycling around the park and all that stuff. But it's good to get back out of your hometown. That's what I always say. Try and go to your hometown. You know, pay your respects to everybody. And then get out and get back to places where you can get good cappuccino. That's what, that's what it's all about. Today I came to Dublin and I was reunited with my cat Georgie. We had a cat sitter come in. Pay this you can pay this cat sitter at like a tenner a day they come in, they play with your cat, they fucking you know, they feed her, they water her, and all that jazz. And uh, you know, it's good cat in the hat. That's what it is. And uh, if you're getting a cat in the cat in, not cat in the hat, cat in the flat. What are we talking? Dr. Seuss? Fucking Dr. Seuss is uh, Listen, I'm going to say this right now. Dr. Seuss is fucking shit, isn't it? Have you ever read any of his stuff? It's for fucking babies or something, you know? Doesn't make, doesn't say anything to me about my life. Um, no, Cat in the Flat, it's called. It's an app. And uh, you can hire people to come and, uh, you know, mind your cat for you while you're gone. But the only kind of drawback is you have to really, you know, I love my cat. You know, I fucking love my cat, man. I'm not ashamed to say it. What is this? What am I fucking? What is this? 2017 or 1992 when you couldn't say you loved your cat? You know, I fucking love my cat, but I'm not one of these cat people that have like, you know, pictures of my cat on social media and saying things like, you know, O-W-U, you know, that thing. What the fuck does that even mean? And saying like pretending that putting up like pictures of my cat pretending that it's the cat actually fucking tweeting or saying the uh, the caption you know like oh feel feel having a lazy day today or oopsie my daddy you know my daddy's taken to the bed again 
you know, I'm not into that kind of thing. But one drawback of the cat in the flat app is a lot of the people who use it are sort of those kind of people. So the people who come and collect and mind your cat expect you probably from experience of having to go and deal with all these fucking creeps who, you know, who take their cat against their wishes and put up Instagram captions of them. You know, your cat's looking out the window and then they put up something rainy day today. Might st- I think I'll stay inside with mama and papa. All right. That would be a, pr- a, a caption they'd put underneath. But the cat probably isn't thinking that. The cat is thinking, how could the fuck? Do what the cat's thinking? If these cunts put up one more caption ascribed to me on their Instagram, I'm going to scratch there. I'm going to fucking bite the toes off them tonight, three o'clock in the morning. So these cat sitters, they send you a, like, they'll send you a picture of your cat on the first day saying, Georgie's doing great in great form, you know, uh, ate her food and uh, misses her parents. That's what they, that's what they'll say. And you have to kind of fucking play along. It's all right. The first day, like, oh, uh, thanks. She looks great. Um, You know, glad that someone is taking care of her. Then the next day, Georgie here missing Mama and Papa and a picture of Georgie just staring at a wall. And then you have to go, ha ha ha. Yeah, great. And then this goes in your way for five days. By the fifth day, you're just sending a thumbs up. <laughs> just a thumbs up. The worst, mo- the worst thing you can get is a thumbs up, I think, in a text message, isn't it? Um, let's see. Let's say you had some news. Let's say you said, <laughs> all right, this is after taking a dark turn, but let's say the the worst news you can possibly get, you found out you have um, lung cancer and you say that to your friend, hey man, just got out of the doctors, found out I have, um, found out I have lung cancer. You, wap- you WhatsApp that to your buddy and then he just sends back a thumbs up. <laughs> that would be, would that be the worst or a smiley face? Or even a sad, as <laughs> they just sent back uh, a sad face, sad face. That, But that's the way we're going, man. Um, but anyway, listen, I do recommend Cat. I'm not sponsored by Cat in the fucking flat, by the way, before the people start getting on to me. Um, and what did I do? Well, uh, today I went to see the cinema again for the second time in a few weeks to see the good the bad and the ugly, you know, you know, you've seen it. I've seen it about, I would say exaggerating, I've seen it 107 times, but reality, I've seen it maybe 15 times, which is quite a lot. And I went to see it because this might seem sad, but it was always a dream of mine to see that film in the cinema when I was in Trilly. Uh, Because in Trilly, there's no cinema place that shows old movies. It's all just current blockbusters and shit like, you know, Batman who needs another, f- they're bringing out another Batman film with Robert Pattinson, which goes in, and I read about it today, it goes into his childhood trauma. It's like, all right, we fucking know, his parents got shot, that's, we know, you. that has been there for a hundred years, since Batman came out in 1939, or whatever year he came out, 27, which is nearly a hundred years, right? We, it was explained, his parents were shot, murdered, and he took this and he grew up into Batman, took out his revenge on, uh, you know, all the criminals because of his parents dying. We understood it was innate that he had trauma because his parents died in front of him. There's no need to fucking, there's no need to depict the whole 
thing. You don't need to show him going to therapy. And, you know, we don't want to see, who cares who needs another Batman film? Do we need, and we don't need more Batman. Okay. Anyway, um, what was I talking about? And anyway, fuck this Robert Pattinson guy. I hate him. You know, I had to sit through with Kira. I went, I didn't go to the first uh, Twilight movie. I went to the other three or four because they split the last one into two. So I went to four Twilight movies. Do you know how long they are? They're about an hour and a half or something. But do you know how long they feel? Five hours. Five fucking hours. That's how long they feel. And when you're watching those movies, especially like the fourth one or the third and the fourth and the fifth one, you can see the actors. You're sitting there. You're looking at what's her name? Uh, I can't remember the, the the girl in it. Oh, and she was going out with him and all. Crystal S- S- Spring. No, uh, I can't remember the name. But anyway, listen. You'll you'll know who she is. Fuck. Uh, you can see her and Robert Pattinson just completely uninterested in anything that they're acting. They're just fucking. You can tell they don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. Kira is going, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. But I have to sit through there for, t- for fucking 15, 16 hours each film. Because that's what it feels like. Time, when you go and see a Twilight film in the cinema, time stops functioning normally. It's like you're after taking some sort of bad mushrooms. When you go see a Twilight film in the cinema, you're after taking bad mushrooms. If, uh, it's 10 seconds lasts 14 hours. Okay, time has no meaning. Up is down, down is... That's what's going on when you're watching a Twilight film. You're looking at this going... It's so bad. And it's so uninteresting that reality itself fragments in your mind. You know, breaks right in front of you. You come out of there, your ego is destroyed. You're you're reborn. Okay? You're not the same as you were before you went in. It's like going on a bad trip. And I blame Robert Pattinson... And I can't watch him as Batman. But anyway, I went to see um, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly today. Because, like I said, I always wanted to see... uh, There's certain movies I always wanted to see in the cinema. You know, because I've only ever seen a lot of movies that I love on the TV screen. And when I was younger, it was a small little fucking box TV screen. With an aerial on the top, you know? These kids today with their flat screen TVs... (laughs) Those little cunts, you know, with their, oh, look at me. And they don't even look at them. Then they watch, they watch movies on their phone. I can watch TV shows maybe on my phone. I can watch YouTube videos. But imagine watching, um, imagine watching uh, Lawrence of Arabia on your phone. Or the bridge over the river Kwai on your phone. You know, these people, um, the, the youth of today... Uh, are just um, um, are subhuman (laughs) isn't that what Morrissey said about the Chinese and there's another fucking guy that I I cannot I always I I grew up loving the Smiths loving them loving them I mean I'm talking like when I was 18, 19 and I was into the Smiths Morrissey was everything that was important to me for there for about a, a year of my life. Morrissey was everything to me. You know, his lyrics cut through me like um, like a chainsaw through a, 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 a like a chainsaw through um, a horse's neck. You know what I mean? It was just it spoke to me. And then it turned out 
that he was a massive, massive racist. And he's proud of it. He's, he doesn't try and hide it. It's not like I prefer to keep my views um, private or anything. No, he's an outspoken racist. And I can't listen to them anymore. It's completely destroyed that whole part of my childhood, that whole thing that I love. It must be, but at least I'm able to give it up because there are cunts out there who grew up listening to Michael Jackson. And it came out that he was one of the most prolific um, and insidious pedophiles uh, known to, you know, um, entertainment uh, technology. And these fans, they they have no qualms whatsoever about, they're qualmless about fucking supporting him. And like, have you ever started an argument with a Michael Jackson fan online, on Twitter? Huh? They're, They're vicious. They'll come after you. They'll get their gang on you. They'll start going through your old tweets trying to find anything that you said that might be any bit, um, you know, uh, problematic. So, uh, so, you know, I'm feeling guilty about listening to Morrissey and these people are feeling, like I said, they're qualmless about supporting a known and uh, paedophile. Anyway, what was, how the fuck am I, every time I try and talk about something here, it goes on to paedophiles. What the hell, man? What the hell? So, what was I talking about? Oh, I went to see The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Batman. Remember, I don't want, I don't want Batman. I don't want to see no more dark Batmans. Bring back fun Batman. Where he's jumping around the place, he's doing dancing, he's going on skateboards, you know? He's climbing up the Eiffel Tower, he's swimming. <laughs> you know? Like the old Batmans. They were unreal. When I was a child, I used to love the old Batmans, like the Batman TV series with Adam West. But I didn't realize when I was like four that it was campy as fuck, you know. (laughs) I thought it was serious. When I watched those old Batmans when I was like five, I thought, oh, my God, how every week, how is Batman going to get out of this one? (laughs) I didn't think there was anything in the least bit camp or you know, 60s pop art about Batman doing the Watusi, you know, or uh, running around going, some days it's just hard, you can't get rid of a bomb, you know, that scene. Um, And the Joker, you know, is, I I didn't even notice that he still had his mustache. You know, he, (laughs) go and look at a picture of Cesar Romero as the Joker in the old Batman TV show. And he still... uh, he, he this, that's how little he give a shit about it he put he had the white joker makeup on and he had his mustache and he just paints over it you can just see it when he's when he's acting and that's what we need to get back we need to get back people who are just taking the role for easy money and just want to ham it up and jump around and go batman i don't know why he sounded like a fucking chimpanzee there but you know what i mean that was my. That was the worst Joker laugh of all time. Uh, hey Shane. Um, yeah. Hi. Welcome uh, to the audition. Yeah, your agent put you forward for this audi- audition for one of Batman's most yeah, nefarious uh, um, foes. He's arch enemy, the Joker, and um, we'd just like you to. F- uh, you know, first, we'd like you to, to the most, uh, as I'm sure you know, Shane. The most important thing that you can do. The most important part of being the Joker is his laugh. So uh, could you please just give us your best Joker laugh um, when when you're ready? 
Uh, hi, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm Shane Clifford and uh, um, yeah, I'm here to play the part of uh, to audition for the part of the Joker. Hopefully I will get to play it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, here is my Joker laugh. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you, Shane. And uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, you know, but that's what we want. We we don't want this fucking Joaquin Phoenix. I'm a serious actor and I'm going to play the Joker. You know, like um, I'm going to play the Joker. <laughs> I'm going to go through the trauma of the Joker. and What led him to become the Joker? Who gives a fuck? That Joker movie was shit. Okay, and I know I'm going to alienate a lot of you by saying that. It was shit. And I will not explain it. Anyway, I went to see The Good, The Bad and The Ugly today. And I've seen, like I said, I've seen it a hundred times. But to see it on the big screen was fucking amazing. Jodo's, like, when you see the close-ups of Clint Eastwood's eyes when you're watching it on a small TV when you're 12, it's not the same as seeing it up there on a big, you know, I don't know how many feet they are, 10, 15, 20 feet screen. You can see the sweat and you can see his, you can see his, um, you can see the, what are they called, the veins. And it was a good place to go. If you ever, this is my tip for you. If you ever want to hang out with some dads or some uncles and some granddads, go to a Western in the middle of the day in the cinema. It'll just be you hanging around watching a movie with some dads. <laughs> and I'm not talking like dirty dads. You know what I mean? I'm not talking, why do you, I'm not talking like sugar daddies or, you know, sexy dads or uncles like that. I'm talking just nice. Why do you always have to bring it sexually, you know, listener? Why do you always, have, why do you have such a dirty mind? Why? I'm being, I'm talking about wholesome dads. There's just dads in there having a, having a nice time watching <laughs> a movie. Because that's all it was. It was me and some dads in the middle of the day on a Friday watching a film from 1966. And uh, it was good because there are some hilarious bits in it and some funny dialogue. And when you see a movie that you've seen loads of times and you, when you watch it for the first time with a crowd, excuse me, well, listen, usually I'd edit out that burp, but this is the Friday Funcast. We're keeping the all burps in. But all burps aside, what was I saying? Oh, if, if, uh, I don't know, something about dads. <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm laughing at my my own uh, stupidity there. So, uh, yeah, I went to see, but oh yeah, but there was one, this fucking annoyed me, right? The Good, the Bad and the Ugly is a, is an old movie. It's like three hours long. And when I was a youngster, it used to be only 160 minutes, but they added in hundred or another 20 minutes to bring it up to exactly three hours long. They found old scenes that were cut out after the premiere. And they got, because, I mean, I'm sure you know what spaghetti westerns are. It's where they made these westerns in Italy and Spain and places in the 60s. Italian and Spanish directors, mostly Italian, made them, so they call them spaghetti westerns. But they used Americans for the main actors. So in this movie, they have Clint Eastwood, Eli Wallach, and um, Lee Van Cleef. And then the supporting cast were usually like Spanish actors. So what they used to do was just get every actor to speak in their own language, and then they just overdub it. So... Uh, they didn't record any sound, so every actor, if the Italian actor would speak Italian, and then in the same scene he'd be talking Italian to a guy speaking English, and then they they just overdub it in English for the American market or Italian for the Italian one. Blah 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 blah. So as a result, Clint Eastwood, even in the American version, his uh, he's overdubbed his own 
dialogue all right afterwards and they found this extra footage so they let Clint Eastwood they didn't have any sound so they let Clint Eastwood Eli Wallach and a guy because Lee Van Cleef is dead a guy who does an impression of Lee Van Cleef to overdub the new fucking uh, scenes you know the reinstated scenes and <laughs> but fucking Clint Eastwood was like 94 and Eli Wallach is dead when he was alive when he did the thing but he's dead now and like it's kind of jarring because it'll go from Clint Eastwood talking like this yeah you won't be the one who'll collect it to Clint Eastwood talk and right in the next scene talking like this yeah <laughs> one second I mean to catch my breath <laughs> yeah I'll shoot you you won't be the one who'll collect it <sighs> And it's really, you can tell it's a fucking guy who's 70 years older. Um, but what was I saying? Oh yeah, when you watch a movie with a load of people, jokes and stuff that are in it that you don't find funny really anymore, you see, you've, you've, you realize there are jokes in it you didn't even realize because everyone starts laughing. You know what I mean? Was that what I was talking about? Um, I don't know. Oh yeah, but there was uh, this cunt who was sitting... Uh, cunt is a bit t- uh, harsh, but there was this guy who, you'll see, he 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 was kind of a cunt. He was sitting about, because they have social distancing, so he was sitting about four seats away from me. And, right, the fucking movie's three hours long, okay? Three hours. He sat there for the whole three hours. And I saw him with about 15 minutes to go. And he oh, took out his phone, checked the time, Okay. He was checking how long it was left in the movie, I gather. And he was enjoying the film because I could hear him laughing and hooting and hollering through the whole thing. And just before... Now, I'm not going to fucking ruin... It's a film. I can't... There's no spoiler alert. The film is fucking 1966. It's 40 years old, 50 years old. Um, There's a big shootout at the end between the good, the bad, and the ugly. Clint Eastwood, Lee Van Cleef, and Eli Wallach. There's a shootout in the end between the three of them. A Mexican standoff, they call it. Three people. And, like, you must know that there is going to be a shootout or an ending of some fucking... uh, Something's going to happen. And this guy, 15 minutes before the end, that's when he decides to go for a fucking piss. And get uh, get some water. He gets up and he walks out, right? And I'm like looking at him. I don't think he'd seen it before, okay? And I'm thinking he's walking, out and I'm thinking, does this cunt know that in two seconds is going to be the best part of the film? You know what I mean? <laughs> when he was walk, he was walking past me. Do I have to move my legs? Sorry, sorry. I should have gone. Hey, man, you know that the ne- the best part of the film is going is like literally in fifteen seconds. Did you know that? Do you think he would have thought that I was being a fucking moron? Or a freak. And he went out, right? And I'm sitting there and watching it. And there's the bit where the ugly guy is running through the graveyard looking for the the, the grave that with the name Arch Stanton on it that has the hidden gold underneath. And which is one of the best parts in the movie with the music and everything and him running around the graveyard. And I can't, I'm sitting there thinking, is that guy coming back? Like, is he going to be back in enough time for the shootout? I mean, what's going to happen? Where's he gone? Is he gone to the toilet? Is he gone to get drinks? Has he just gone home? Is Does he not know? You know, I, I can't enjoy it. I'm sitting there, I'm distant and I'm turning because I'm like, is this guy going to get back for the shootout? And then 
the shootout starts and they stand around in that film for about 10 minutes looking at each other before they shoot each other and there's all this operatic music and he's still not back. And I've been waiting for fucking 30 years to watch this film in a cinema. You know? I'm watching and I can't even stay in the movie because I'm like, does this cunt not know that the shootout was going to happen? How stupid do you have to be? You sat through a whole two hours, 45 minutes and you pick now to go for a piss. You pick now. That's what I was thinking during the whole shootout. And he didn't, he, he didn't make it just before the end, but he didn't get the full experience. <laughs> you didn't get the full experience. And then, it, listen, I'm not going to get, it just makes my blood boil, these people that disrespect cinema. <laughs> anyway, that's all I, that's all I, uh, that's all I did really today and last night i came home and i played fifa for the first time in ages i don't know if you remember way back in like episode four or something i told you i stopped playing fifa because it gave me severe anxiety like i was running in my dreams at night my legs were going i was hopping out of the bed jumping under the fucking uh, table screaming you know the germans are coming you know that's how fucking anxious i was when I was playing FIFA, um, and so I stopped, but I started playing it last night. I said, I'll have a nice little chill out game against the computer, you know, like start the league. And I said, you know what I'll do? Something that I used to do when I was um, a young man of like 26. I said I'd make a Shane Clifford in it, you know, Um, and that's kind of sad, isn't it? (laughs) Especially when you're my age, 39, you know, but I mean, you're well beyond the prime of, uh, you know, a star center attack in midfield. I always give myself number 10. I'm Pele. I'm Wayne Rooney. I'm fucking um, Maradona. You know, I'm I'm the sort of the, the creator, the playmaker. That's what I always make myself. And, um, you know, uh, I fuck and I was making myself anyway. Right. And see, this is what I do as well. It's kind of sad, really. When you make a version of yourself in FIFA and then put them playing with Man United. But what I do is, and I'm sure people do do this, but it's still very sad. I, I put them all 99s, you know, <laughs> of skill level. So everything, his shooting skills, 99. His crossing, 99. His passing, 99. You know, everything, 99. He's the best player in the world by far. And that's kind of sad, really, when you think about it. I'm a fucking guy who is you know slightly overweight eating lying on the couch drinking beer eating a packet of what did i eat last night oh fucking mcvitie's caramel jesus christ there is a god and i'm lying there on the couch doing that and you know this (laughs) i'm making a version of me that is you know just the best of all time it's kind of a sad thing that to do and then what even what's more sad is sometimes I try and make it a bit more realistic. One second, my mother's trying to text me something about an emergency. It's fine. Uh, I'll try and make it more realistic. So I say, all right, I'll give him shooting of 88. <laughs> you know, bring it down a bit. Uh, and I'm like, oh, you know, I am good at jumping. So I'll put that up to 93. And I, I'm pretty, I'm uh, pretty fast you know, running. I've good, uh, I've good acceleration. I'll, so I'll get that ninety six. Uh, but I do get tired fairly. A very bad stamina. So I'll put that down to eighty two. <laughs> but I noticed a few fucking things last night. I have a bone to pick with FIFA from last night. Right, I was making myself, giving myself black hair, 
beard, all right, making my eyes look sexy, giving my, you know, sexy eyes that you give to people in uh, the pub, you know, <laughs> you know, those sexy eyes that, you, you know, you've done them in the mirror, giving myself them, making myself all 99s, number 10, all right, and then it, but then it came to the eyebrows. Now, I don't know if you know what I look like. Okay, Google a picture of me. I have fairly large, bushy eyebrows, okay? It's a thing. It's a thing. It's it's one of my trademarks. <laughs> my big eyebrows, right? I got fucking big, bushy eyebrows that join in the middle sometimes if I'm, you know, if I'm going through a, uh, if I'm going through a, a phase, one of my quarterly breakdowns, you know, I will leave it grow in the middle just out of sheer, um, sheer, uh, you know, laziness and, you know, crying because I uh, spilled actual milk. I'm actually literally crying over spilled milk. You know, when my life gets that bad, you'll see me with a uni brow and a big beard. So I have bushy eyebrows. They're a trademark. They're, they made me who I am. Okay, I went through hell with these eyebrows when I was a teenager. Hell! You wouldn't even fucking understand if you if I could tell you what type of psychic hell I went through as a teenager with these eyebrows you wouldn't understand you know you can't explain It'd be like trying to explain to somebody um you know if you got your arms blown off how that affected your life if you got your arms blown off in um you know a terrible uh, water skiing accident that would be tragic and people would have respect for you but do they have respect for cunts big eyebrows like me that went through a lot too no and you know how i know they don't have respect because i went on to FIFA and I tried to give myself my trademark eyebrows and they don't let you. They're a razor. It's big eyebrow erasure. All the eyebrows, even the fucking biggest eyebrows you can find on there are tiny little slits. Tiny little slits of eyebrows. <laughs> the bushiest ones. You try and go into the, you know, the morphing mode where you can move it around, but move the eyebrows around with your uh, dual shock things. Fucking shit. Tiny little eyebrows like it was a woman, a Polish woman from 1977. You know, that's not right, EA Sports. Big eyebrow erasure. And that's something that I'm going to be going with on social media, that they are erasing big eyebrows. Try it yourself tonight. Try and make a character in FIFA with big bushy eyebrows. Like, I mean, let's say, you know who had uh, unibrow and big eyebrow? Eric Cantona, one of the all-time greats. Known as well for his eyebrows. I often get called Eric Cantona. People have said it to me that I look like Eric Cantona. Him, the super vet, and that fucker from the fall, John Lynch or whatever his name is. I get the three of them. And what do they have? They've got beards and big eyebrows. Okay? Big eyebrows is a thing, EA Sports. So I'm angry and upset that I couldn't give myself uh, the trademarks. And another sad realization came upon me when I was doing it. Not that this is a sad waste of my life, the, the making this. That, that's just a given that with everything I do. It was that I had to give myself, you know, you have to pick your hair. I gave myself, I had to give myself receding hairline. First time ever. That's a big moment. When you are man enough to admit in your FIFA character creator that you have a receding hairline and you give it to yourself. You're brave enough to give it to yourself. And that's what I am. I'm a brave, brave man. Able to admit to myself on a 
Thursday night, one o'clock in the morning after eating a full packet of biscuits and drinking three beers, that I do have a receding hairline and giving that to my character. And you know what? I'm not going to even give him all. I'm older now. I'm not even going to give him 99 shooting power. I'm going to give him 96. I know that my, I'm over my peak. I know that it's all downhill from here. It's all, it's all decay and uh, dilapidation from here on in. The three Ds. Delay, decay, dilapidation and decrepitness. I said the three Ds before I even knew what the third D was going to be. That's what you call fucking genius. <laughs> but I'm humbled because I know how to give myself... Um, a receding hairline and I want you all to do that that's your therapy this weekend whatever physical deformity you have whether it's b- bushy eyebrows but that wouldn't matter because you can't do that let's say you have a, a large nose that you're um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for a big nose that you're what's the fucking word man you're self-conscious about that kind of gets you down you grew up uh, you grew up as a guy or a girl with a big nose okay and it affected you all your life and now you're a grown up you know that you, what made you you was your big nose or your big ears or your big chin. And I want you to go onto your character creator. I want you to drink three bottles of beer, eat a full packet of biscuits. This is your therapy. Go onto your character creator in whatever game you play, whether it's FIFA, fucking wrestling, golf or The Sims or whatever it is. And I want you to give yourself that deformity and I want you to be proud of it. And I want you to stand up and say, I have a big nose. I am receding at the hairlines. I have big ears. I have over long foreskin. And I want you to be proud. I want you to be proud. Um. Anyway, that is the end of the, <laughs> the Friday fun cast. But there are two more little things that I'm going to as a treat because it's a Friday fun cast and we're here to have fucking fun on a Friday night, aren't we? I'm going to read you a story that I wrote on Twitter not so long ago. And then I'm going to give sign off with my version of the song by Bob Marley and the Wailers, Three Little Birds. So uh, without further ado, here is the story that I wrote on Twitter. Maybe you've probably heard it already, but you haven't heard me fucking reading it, have you? And uh, if you don't like stories and songs, turn off now. Cheers, nice one, thanks. Hobnob, sign up to the Patreon, follow me on Twitter. Jeez Louise, I love you. You can't find your knees. Okay. Um, here is the story. Uncle Alan by Shane Clifford on Audible. <laughs> no, I better say, right. Uncle Alan by Shane Clifford, only on Audible. All right, uh, just a bit, uh, uh, this is the preface. I, I couldn't sleep and I wrote this. This is the, still the first draft at 2 a.m. on uh, uh, Twitter one night because I couldn't sleep, okay? So it's not going to be the fucking, it's not going to be, um, it's not going to be the Grapes of Wrath or anything like that, okay? It's not going to be Frank Herbert's Dune. So, you know, lower your expectations. It's just Friday night fun, not fucking Friday night, uh, Friday morning intellectual masturbation, okay? This called Uncle Alan by Shane Clifford. Chapter, uh, it's just, no, there's only one chapter. Okay, here we go. I'm just going to read the story, man. One week as a boy, I was sent to stay with my Uncle Alan in Glen Bay. I think my parents were going through one of their quarterly separations and needed me out of the house so they could enjoy the misery, guilt-free. Uncle Alan was a bit of an eccentric. He never married and there were rumours and innuendo around his sexuality. I was a bit too young to know the ins and outs of sex yet. 
Later on, I would become all too familiar with the outs and spend many long nights alone, dreaming of the ends. Alan's house was dirty. Old issues of enemy littered the floor, but he was oddly proud about seemingly inconsequential things. For instance, he would empty the contents of a cereal box into a food container, but he would keep the empty box on display as if it were fine china. When you entered the house, he'd point at the box, smile broadly and say, Cornflakes! I once saw him standing in the back garden at night, sticking his finger up at the moon and cursing loud enough for the neighbours to shout, Get into bed, will you, Alan? The moon will be gone when you get up. He had a satchel with a lock, stored in the press underneath the sink. I, I tried to remove it one night, but it was too heavy. A dead weight. Once I asked Alan, Alan, what's in the bag? His face, his face flushed crimson. He turned to me and said, Mind your fucking business or you'll, you'll end up like Sally in the sea. I never found out who that was. This Tuesday of the week I was there, I was woken at two in the morning by Alan. Get up, we're going fishing. I got dressed and it took a while for my foggy mind to clear enough for me to see the obvious question. It's the middle of the night, why are we going fishing? Well, if we go in the afternoon, we won't be able to have the fish for breakfast. This made more sense than Alan's usual line of reasoning, so I accepted. We walked in the moonless night. Where are the, f- where are the fishing rods? I asked. We don't need them where we're gone. For some reason I thought of Sally in the sea. After a while we came to a fence that kept in some land. Alan looked at the sky to make sure the moon hadn't appeared and we climbed over the fence. Tonight's the night, Shane. You'll learn a thing or two about Uncle Alan. I wasn't sure what that meant, but it made me uneasy. We trespassed through some fields until we came upon a shallow river. Shane, take off your shoes and stand in the water. I did what I was told. The cool water around my ankles was pleasant enough, but I was confused. As confused as a nine-year-old boy standing in a river at 3am. Alan went down river and stood there silently. It seemed like four minutes had passed before he said, Shane! Dance! Dance! Dance and frighten the fish towards me! I did what I was told. I danced the fish down river, and Alan put his hands in the water and tried to grab them all. He tried to grab them, all the while muttering things like, Come here, you little cunt! And you've no moon to save ye tonight, boys! This went on for a half an hour until finally Alan caught a fish. I don't know what type of fish it was, but I know it was small. It barely covered Alan's tam. I doubted it would feed us for breakfast. There was about enough fish there to disappoint a kitten, but Alan was happy, and so was I. I'm happy, said Alan. So am I, said I. We got home about four. In the kitchen, Alan pointed at the cornflakes, and then he started to cut the fish. You're a good lad, Shane, he said. I hope they separate for good and you can live here with me forever. I hid my gulp. I have a surprise for you. I couldn't hide my gulp. What is it, Uncle Alan? He took a key from his pocket and went to get the bag. The bag of mystery. This family had secrets, you know. But secrets should only be kept from children. And tonight, you became a man. He lifted the bag into the kitchen table and unlocked the lock. My heart was racing. I knew adults had lots of secrets. And to be privy to one was thrilling. This is going to change everything, he said. He paused for a long second 
and I thought he was going to change his mind. When he unzipped the bag, I wanted to breathe the sigh of relief, but I couldn't. Don't worry about a thing Cause every little thing's gonna be alright I said don't worry about a thing Cause every little thing's gonna be alright Rise up this morning Smile with that rising sun Three little birds By my doorstep Singing sweet songs Of melodies pure and true This is my message to you Every little thing's gonna be alright Don't worry about a thing Cause every little thing is gonna be alright I don't worry about a thing Cause every little thing's gonna be alright I said don't worry about a thing Cause every little thing